All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, June 9th of 2023 here. Last show of the week. For those of you who tune in regularly, you guys know this show is Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you guys have any questions about any sports happening over the weekend here, want to get something, want to get a question uh, answered that's been on your mind prior to Monday. Today is the day to get those questions in, to get those questions answered. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in from support. You can reach us, support at sabersim.com. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat, and you can also post questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. Uh, if you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. And if you want to try out SaberSim, uh, not joined up with us, but also have a seven-day no-strings-attached free trial, you can find details to that in the description as well. But with that being said, uh, just looking ahead to today and actually through the weekend here, we have a 13-game MLB main slate today. We have game four of the NBA Finals tonight. We have golf showdown all weekend. We have NHL on Saturday, MMA on Saturday, League of Legends through the weekend here, NASCAR on Sunday, and then we have tennis. Uh, I, I don't know what the word. I don't know what the word is. Uh, tossing off maybe on a early Monday morning. So one of the great reasons to uh, you know join us, check us out. I like to tell people you know make sure that. Uh, starting your trial, you know, going into the weekend is, is always great. You get so much DFS action here. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up. And looks like we have just one question here to get us going today. So if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. But going to hit this first one here. That is a uh, MMA question, which is great. So this one came in in the Office Hour channel. Question says, on DraftKings MMA, after you have produced the lineups, can you tell me what the difference between MMA Sim Diversity 10 and MMA Default is, which is the better selection for MMA? Also, when looking at past MMA fights, will there in the future be an actual score selection after the fight? Uh, so I'm going to answer the second part first. So to answer the second part of this question, uh, I, I think the answer here is, is yes. You know, we would like to have actual scores for all of the sports that we offer here. Um, the, usually there's, this comes down to like a data provider thing. So we have actual scores for MLB, for NBA, for some other sports as well here. I don't know why specifically we do not have it for MMA, but I will take that back to the team as a feature request to let the team know that people are asking for that. So if we can find that data, uh, we will get it here in the app for you. And then getting back to the first part of this question, talking about the different sorting metrics for MMA. So this is a really good question. Going to pull up MMA, um, but we'll see if we have projections for today or for tomorrow's slate, uh, which which it looks like we do, minus maybe minus a couple of fights here. We're still waiting on like some odds data or something like that. But um, let's just run a build, and let's talk about the different sorting metrics for this fight coming up. So going to run it on default settings here. And uh, first thing that you're going to want to just want to just know for the sorting metrics here, which is this is going to come really uh, into play here, is are are is the build you're running on Sim Diversity 10 or not? So that is a key thing to think about when um, deciding what sorting metric to use here. So they're going to run this build.
All right. So catching up, I actually had to um, reach out to some members of the team here to, to help me get an answer to this question here, but uh, just, just catching up. But anyways, this build just finished here. Um, what you're going to see here is that if you click on the Sabre score sorting metrics, there are two different sorting metrics for Sabre score. There's MMA Sim Diversity 10, and then there's MMA Default here. So if you click on the formula for Sim Diversity 10, you're going to see that we are weighting Sim Optimals as a variable here, along with uh, average projection, along with negative weight on average adjusted ownership. If you click on the MMA Default here, we are not including... Uh, sim optimals as a variable here we are including average projection 99th percentile and a negative weight on average adjusted own and the reason for that is that because sometimes when you're playing some of this smaller field stuff you're playing a single entry you know 100 to 1k entries uh what what the builder is telling you is that hey you know this field is so small that you might not there's a very good chance you're not going to need the optimal to win you're just need, going to need a uh, high scoring lineup to win but this single entry you know 100 to 1k entrance is a lot different than playing a uh, 150 max with you know 10 to 50k entrance right which is like usually what we see the flagships for mma be and in this scenario uh you do want to build on sim diversity 10 taking these single slate optimals here and then also, you know, we will see that we have um, correlation at two. This isn't going to come into effect here unless allow opposing fighters is turned on. So what you're going to notice is that, you know, any two opponents here, uh, let's look at Maria Oliveira and Diana Belpita here. So Maria Oliveira, if we, uh, we're actually not going to have correlation data, it looks like. But you could just know that two opposing fighters are going to be negatively correlated. But when you have really small cards, maybe like an eight fight card or something, uh, you know, if you have two wrestle heavy opponents, you know, you might be able to get away with playing them both in the same lineup. So when when allow opposing fighters is on, the correlation value matters. When allow opposing fighters is off, it does not matter what correlation is set to. It's not going to have an effect because fighters are only correlated to their opponents. So don't get super confused with correlation being at two. It's essentially at zero unless it allow opposing fighters is on, but getting back to the question here. So the reason that we have these two different metrics is because you cannot use the MMA sim diversity 10 metric when sim diversity is not 10. So that's why it's specifically called that. Uh, if you run a build at sim diversity 10, what you're going to notice is that you're going to have this sim optimal summary statistic at the bottom of your builds here. If you run any build on sim diversity nine, sim diversity eight, uh, th there is not going to be a sim optimal summary statistic there. So therefore that, that sorting metric is just not good for that type of build here. Right? So that's basically why we have two here. We have our sim diversity 10, we have our MMA default. Um, they are just for different types of contests. The only th one thing I did notice here is that um, at this Sim Diversity 10 build that we ran, the builder did default to Saber Score default here instead of MMA Sim Diversity 10. So that just looks like a mistake to me. So I'm going to make a note for myself where um, Sim Diversity 10 MMA builds not defaulting 
to SD10 Saber score. And and I'll make sure to bring that up to the team. But I think that, you know, if, if your sim diversity is on 10, you should be using the sim diversity 10 metric. And then if you are playing a smaller field where sim diversity is nine or eight, et cetera, use the MMA default. I think that is the overarching, uh, you know, answer to, to the question here and what you really need to take away. All right. Good question there. Uh, we are going to jump over to the YouTube chat. Uh, I see a lot of people rolling in here. Hello, everybody. Hope you guys are having a happy Friday here. Uh, we are through with questions in the Discord. No questions in the support channel. So if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in here. So going to hit this comment from Ryan. Ryan said, love grinding MLB in September, October. Saberson model and builder just as powerful and enjoy MLB going under the radar during that time. Yeah, Ryan, uh, you know, not there yet. I, I would hate for MLB season to be over tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to enjoy, you know, summer baseball while it is here. All right. Next question from Noah. Noah said, for NBA showdown, I forgot what this best sim diversity is. In a 20 max, would the number 20 lineup be similar to number one in the list. Uh, okay, so I forgot what the best sim diversity is. So the best sim diversity is going to be whatever the defaults are, right? If you are building NBA showdown lineups here, I would just stick with the defaults. And I'm pretty positive that all the, the defaults here are going to be zero correlation, 10 sim diversity, where basically we are just taking single slate, uh, single game optimals here, single slate optimals, but there's only one game on the slate, right? Uh, so single slate optimal, simming this game out one time to build each individual lineup here. So I wouldn't stray too far from the defaults. I do not think you need to come in here and make manual adjustments to your sim diversity. And then second question, in a 20 match, would the number 20 line be similar to number one in the list? Uh, so no, right? So if we are, we have a pool of thousands and thousands of sims, right? And we are going to go and pluck one from the builder here and use the scores that those players scored in that individual game to figure out what the highest scoring construction is and then give you that lineup, right? And then we are going to do that every single time. So if you request 500 lineups, we're going to do that 500 times, right? So uh, we are we are never going to pull the same game sim. And so that is why your number one lineup would not look similar to your number 20, right? Maybe there are some general trends uh, about the game overall here, which is where you're going to get these sim optimals coming into effect, where the same lineup uh, construction was optimal for more than one build. And then we will just tally that, right? So that's why you might see some lineups with sim optimal 10 that means that that specific construction when we were iterating through the sims to build your lineups that construction came up 10 different times right so that's where saber score takes that part into account but i would i wouldn't expect you know your number one lineup to have all five players or your number one lineup versus your number 20 and your number 20 has all the same five players and then just one swap to like some, some low projected player, right? That's probably what you're going to find using a traditional optimizer where it's optimizing based on projected points here. But I would not expect you to get out outputs like that using Sabersim. All right. Uh, Noah said, is the 95th percentile line similar to 90th for NBA showdown? I have to imagine. So, um, so, so basically when thinking about lineup percentiles, right? The way to think about it is that we have these individual player percentiles, right? So this basically tells you what score this player achieves uh, a certain percentage of the time, right? So so Nikola Jokic's 99th percentile here 
And these are based on his utility stats, not his 1.5x captain uh, projections here. But what we're saying is is his 99th percentile is 93.3 points. So that is the score that he achieves 1% of the time in the Sims. And then 95th percentile would be uh, 85.8 here. So what we're saying is, hey, Nikola Jokic scores 85.8 fantasy points 5% of the time, right? And then it goes down to 85th. So if you're if you're trying to estimate what his 90th percentile is, uh, probably just take an average of 78 and 85.8. So that's like 7.8 points. So you could say like four. So his his 90th percentile is probably somewhere around a high 81.8, 81.9, something like that. Uh, so you could use that to estimate if you need to. All right. Uh, question from Sammy. Sammy said, how do you build a winning NBA lineup? So this is a great question, right? And if you are looking for a video walking through how to build lineups for your NBA showdown uh, contests here in the playoffs, then I'm going to have to direct you to our YouTube channel, which I'm just pulling up really quickly here. And on our channel, if you go over to playlists, you go down to how to beat NBA DFS in 2022. This is for the 2022-2023 season. You go to view full playlist. And then this recent video, we released this video seven days ago ahead of the NBA Finals. It says, crush the 2023 NBA Finals with Sabersim. It is a 10-minute video of Jordan walking through his NBA showdown strategy here and talking about building winning lineups here. So check out this video. It'll be a great place for you to start. All right, going to get Saberson pulled back up. Next, next question from Brad. Brad said, the pro video with Chris got a little confusing when they were going over applying min uniques. What value slash ranking method would you recommend paying attention to as you increase the number? Uh, so this is a good question here. I've actually only gotten about like halfway through this video here. So I've, I've heard the beginning about, you know, contest selection and talking about weather. Um, I have not finished it yet, so I'm working on finishing it. So I haven't got to the part where they talk about many uniques here, but I'm going to just go ahead and answer your question here. The second part of it says, what value slash ranking method would you recommend paying attention to as you increase the number of min uniques here? Uh, so, so this this question, you know, is answered differently by different team members here. I answer this different than Jordan answers it. I'm sure Chris had his own thoughts about it here. So, really, what what that tells me is that you know, there's not one right answer. Um, similarly to you know, there there are a lot of paths to victory, right? Uh, nobody, not everybody is taking the same road. Some, some people are going left and, and, you know, finding a path that way. Some people are going right and finding a path that way. Right. Uh, so, so a lot of roads to, to the same place here, uh, just depends the, the way that makes the most sense to you about how to get there. Right. So I think that's what this question really comes down to. And for me, right. So we're building these MLB lineups here. And we're going to get into the post build, and then we'll start talking about this. So let's say that I'm building 20 lineups. Uh, I requested a pool of 500 lineups here. And what what I like to do is play on DraftKings. What I like to do is I like to count how many players are in my lineup. And I like to default this to 50% of my lineup to be unique. Uh, this is just something that I've uh, been comfortable with overall here. The reason I like to do half is because I like to make changes myself here to team stacks, to um, 
individual batters and and maxing out many uniques, you know, usually doesn't give you so much wiggle room here. So we we did a segment, um, I believe last week that went out in our newsletter talking about, mm-hmm. hey, if you're new to MLB and you don't have a lot of opinions and you don't know a lot about MLB strategy here, I think maxing out many uniques, getting as diverse as you possibly can with your lineups is a great strategy, right? I think this is a great strategy for anybody new to MLB. But let's say that you're not new and new to MLB. You have ideas about uh, what you want to do. You have a you know pretty sound strategy that that you've proven to be profitable, right? So so for me, that's that's kind of the bucket that I fall under. So I like to set mean uniques to five here because this gives me a lot more wiggle room as to further adjustments that I want to make. Uh, as you can see, I have mean uniques of five. I'm only at lineup 35 out of my entire pool. So I'm still in the top, you know, 5% of my pool here when I'm maxed out on mini uniques and I'm on mini uniques, you know, eight, maybe mini uniques nine here, maybe. Uh, So at nine, we run out of lineups here. We we only have 18 available, but when I'm maxed out, you know, if I go to make any further changes, well, now I'm, I'm not going to have as much wiggle room, right? I'm probably going to, uh, run out of lineups pretty quickly here. So so let's say that I only wanted to play five stacks, right? And I'm not saying this is something I do, but let's just say, you know, I only wanted to play five stacks. Okay, you know, we're going further down in our pool. Great. Um, maybe, you know, this looks pretty good. We're very, very flat here on our hitters. I want to go look at our pitchers here, you know, getting some exposure to Otani. Maybe I want to take a stand somewhere, right? Maybe it's like, hey, I actually think Otani is the best pitcher on the slate. Uh, I want him in 100% of my lineups or something like that. So, boom, I run this unable to meet exposures message pretty quickly here, right? So then it's at this point that what I suggest to users who like to max out their mini uniques is to decide what's more important to you, the eight mini uniques that you've set or the 100% Otani exposure. And if the eight mini uniques is more important, you know, lower Otani. The builder's telling you that, hey, I can only give you 45% 45% of Shohei Otani exposure. So then you would change your min exposure down to 45 and then this message would go away, right? So that's one option. Option two is like, you know what? No, I really want my Otani exposure. So then the other option at that point would be to lower your min uniques and then see if the builder can meet you halfway. So the builder ran from 45% and said, hey, I, at seven min uniques, I can give you 75 Otani. And then you have to make another decision, right? But like, you're like, nope, I, I definitely want 100%. So then you have to keep lowering this number, right? And then now we're down at six and we we see where we're at in our pool. We're at lineup 394. I think that's okay because you make this big jump from 394 to 287, right? So you only have one lineup in this 300 range here. Uh, so so this, this process is really like a give and take, right? Uh, do you want this or do you want that, right? And you kind of have to make these decisions along the way. I, I don't like to do this every single time, run into this error message, lower my mini uniques. So just by playing over and over, I've learned that for my process, you know, just going to five and being happy with five gives me enough wiggle room. I don't run into these issues. I'm able to make the adjustments that I want because I'm usually making a, uh, you know, a handful. Of, I, I like to say like, three to five value adds here is, is probably the most here. I don't like to really go beyond that. Um, but, but that number works for me, right? So this is very process dependent. It depends what type of player you are, what your uh, goals are here. You know, one thing Chris talked about is, is being very particular with 
uh, understanding, you know, who my competition is, what contests I'm playing here. So, so for me, you know, these are things that are factored into my process, but it, it's great to hear from all these different people, right? You hear from me on this show, you hear from Jordan, Chris, Scott, Matt about their processes, right? So, uh, take it all in, take tidbits from everybody and then figure out what you want to do with your own process, right? And, and listen to everybody and, uh, create, create your own process from, from all, all of these different things that you hear is, is the best advice I could give here. So Brad, if you have any more questions, uh, happy to talk about that further. All right. Continuing to roll here. Noah said also for MMA, how, how do you get a good mix of fighters, but still have positive EV uh, looking lines? I don't like having big dogs, but worried about not having unique lineups. Uh, so, so this is like a pretty tough question to answer, right? Um, you know, what, what might pass the eye test for you is going to be different than, than what might pass the eye test for me, right? Maybe you're looking at, um, maybe you're looking at salaries, maybe you're looking at some projection, you know, but, but then maybe I'm looking at ownership, right? So like what stands out to me about this top lineup is that there is no fighter under 30% here, right? So this looks like to me, like a lineup that, that might be highly duplicated, right? But see, I have my uh, custom geo mean statistic here. So then I can go and see like, Hey, if I sort by geo mean highest to lowest, uh, that is still pretty, pretty high up here. Right. We're talking about, it was a sim optimals five. Uh, this is the 15th highest ranked geo mean lineup in my pool. I bet you that if I did some type of geo mean rule here where I, or a geomean filter rather, where I, you know, calculated a, a number of projected dupes that I wanted to stay under. Uh, I might get rid of a lot of these lineups here up at the top, right, of the geomean. And, and that's probably what I want to do anyways, right? So uh, be be careful. You know, it, it's, it's very particular, uh, you know, positive EV lineups. Like our Sabre scores are designed to be an approximation of EV. Like if you were to run this slate out, you know, thousands and thousands of times, uh, we, we are saying that, you know, these lineups will win the most money on average over that time. Right. So it's important to value the Sabre score. In my opinion, that's also why I don't like having so much many uniques, you know, going back to the baseball example, but it's, it's important to understand, you know, what lineups have a high win probability. Uh, also understand that Sabre Sim is not estimating dupes here. We are not doing anything for duplication risk. So that is where, you know, I do think it's important for users to come in and make some manual adjustments to possibly account for that, right? Whether that is uh, some type of salary restriction, whether that is a uh, geometric mean uh, filter or rule, right? So there are things that you can do to make your lineups less likely to be duplicated here. And there was actually a conversation earlier today where it looked like a couple of people were um, a little bit on a different page here, just about uh, geometric mean and duplication in general here. So I think Jordan summarized this well for specifically for, for NBA showdown, but I think it applies here as well. So he said, my general stance on NBA showdown is that seeking perfectly unique lineups is unlikely to be profitable, but there are profitable ways to avoid playing the lineups expected to be the most heavily duplicated lineups in the contest here. So I, I definitely agree with that sentiment here. And, you know, you have to find this balance between uniqueness and win probability and figure out 
you know, what, which way you're willing to sacrifice and find the, the best middle ground for those two specific aspects of your lineup. All right, Nancy Drew guy says, is there a general rule that you could use in Saber Sim that you can use for any baseball slate, or is there any metric that you can use? Uh, yeah, so it sounds like a similar question to, to the one from yesterday here. So I gave my thoughts on that yesterday. I know you posted the question early here. If you missed it, I'll just go over it one more time here. So one rule that that I personally use that, that we suggest users use often is this rule to curate your one-offs, right? So basically you're sa- what you're saying is, if at least one player on a team has a home run expectation uh, less than 0.1, then use exactly two players from the same team here. So what you're saying is like, hey, if a guy is very unlikely to hit a home run, I want to make sure that he's used in a stack here. And the thinking behind this is that, you know, players who are used as a one-off in a 5-2-1 lineup or a 5-1-1-1 lineup, you know, if, if they have the ability to score a lot of fantasy points, even when their team does not do good overall here. Those are kind of the players that you want to target here, as opposed to the guys that need to get a hit, you know, get on base, somebody else hits them in and they score a run that way, or they're getting points from RBIs, uh, hitting other players on their team in, right? Uh, You'd probably want more players from that team, right? So uh, writing this rule to stay away from those specific type of players as one-offs and favor more of the players who have the ability to get there alone when their team does bad, like the Pete Alonzo's, you know, these, these power hitters uh, is a general good MLB rule here that, that I think is uh, worth using. Okay. Uh, Brad said, appreciate the answer. Yeah, man. Happy to, happy to help out. Uh, Follow up from the answers you guys said, I got that one yesterday. I just thought if there was another one besides a geo mean and, and that one. So, so I do not use any geo mean for MLB. Uh, I think that, you know, you don't need to use it for like these big uh, classic slates here. I wouldn't worry too much about it. There are just so many lineups that you can build. Uh, you know, I would only use a geometric mean rule probably for a single game in general here. But aside from that, you know, if you wanted to make like a stacking rule, I think you could do that. Uh, you know, make maybe make a blanket stacking rule where it's like at least four players from one team. That way, you know, the primary stack in all of your lineups here is at least a four stack. But but aside from that, you know, SaberSim is really doing a bulk of the work here for you. We understand correlation. We're using upside correlation. So what that means is, you know, we don't care how the other players in the Yankees lineup do when Aaron Judge goes over four, right? Aaron Judge's correlation to the players on his team when he goes over four is is irrelevant to us. It does not matter. We care how the other players in the lineup do when Aaron Judge goes three for five with two doubles, right? Or or you know um, has these has these big fantasy point games. Then we want to know how he does with the other players in his lineup, right? So just our understanding of correlation on a on a player by player level here our understanding of uh, range of outcomes for players is, is, you know, just, just doing so much for your MLB lineups that a simple rule just cannot encapsulate. So uh, I, I, I always like to say, use rules sparingly, use rules very specifically for specific uh, reasons for specific situations, but you do not need, you know, a bunch of rules to be profitable in MLB DFS with SaberSim specifically here. Okay, uh, next question here from Noah. Noah said, 
Is hockey the same as NBA in terms of showdown, pulling players, season-long info versus the playoffs slash finals? Feel like some guys have come on as of late, but don't get the best sim numbers. So, so yes, so our decay rates are going to be like similar here. We are going to weight recent data more, and then we are going to weight data over the course of the season, over the course of these players' career at a lesser rate uh, on a, like a sliding scale here. But that data is still taken into account. So I think that it is totally fine to get uh, get dirty and, and adjust projections here in the NHL playoffs uh, for your lineups. Michael said, thanks for giving me help on that late swap uh, Angels issue. Think I got it to work last night. Awesome, man. Congratulations. God, you are able to put that into practice. So thanks for the feedback. Okay. Out to Lunchable said, I hope I don't sound conspiritual, but why is it that when I go back to Saberson the next day and check the actual scores, I see higher sc winning scores there that are not in my FanDuel lineups? Uh, so so this, is, this is probably just a misunderstanding here. Um, so let's say I go back to yesterday, right? And I'm going to go back to a build that I ran for the main slate here. And then I'm going to go back to this build here. So when I go into this build, what's going to happen is that well, well, one, so on the home screen, first and foremost, we are going to have the actual scores loaded here, right? So you can see the actual scores. And then if you come into this and you go straight to sorting by actual scores, what the builder is going to do is it is going to look at your entire pool of 5,000 lineups and sort them by highest score to lowest score, right? So even if you didn't play this lineup, it's going to show up here, right? So what you need to do is you need to come in here and click the lineup file that you use to fill your lineups. So the way that you check that is in the entries tab in your CSV, it'll say, you know, contest, and then it'll say the lineup set that you use. So what you have to do is click this dropdown, click the lineup set that you used. It will grab those 20 lineups or however many lineups it is, separate those from the rest of your pool and then show you the highest scoring lineups in that set. And then you can see that review mode gets turned on, right? So once you click this set and uh, what review mode does is it separates your lineups from the lineups in your pool. So then now that this lineup set is selected, when you click over to the pool, these lineups that scored higher than are, are grayed out. So what this is saying is like, hey, this is my actual score, my highest actual scoring lineup but this lineup was not in my set of 20. So then I get scroll down here and then see uh, what highest scoring lineup was the first one in my set here. And uh looks like we had to go pretty far down, probably just because this lineup was made so early in the day ahead of starting lineups, et cetera, here. So I don't, I don't know where our first highest actual scoring lineup uh, is, but basically the first one that is green like this would be uh, your your highest scoring one. So if I go to the top here, maybe it'll show it. So so what this is telling me is that lineup 704 is our highest scoring lineup that I that I played. So then I think if I go to the pool here, it sh I should be able to go down to 704 and find that. So going a little slow. Fifteen hundred went too far. Eleven hundred. Okay, 
So we're in the 700s. Uh, looks like we played some of these lineups here. Go to 704. And 711. Okay, 704. So we can see that when I go to pool, all these graded lineups are the ones I didn't play. 704 is the first lineup that I played here. And this is uh, the rank of it, right? So, so I just want to make sure that those two things matched up here, which they do. So if you're sorted by actual score, you're using review mode. Uh, the rank here is the rank in this set. So this is my 704th highest scoring lineup. It looks like these other guys didn't even play. So um, unfortunate there, but but I didn't didn't use this set for anything. But that's that's probably what's going on. All right, next you guys said. And speaking of mini nicks, if you're only playing a single entry, do you have to change mini nicks because you don't need that much diversity in your lineups? If you're playing one single entry, uh, good question here. So let's go back to today. So I think if that if you're playing one single lineup, uh, using mini nicks is irrelevant here. But one thing that I've done in the past is, you know, when I'm building like uh, a single entry lineup, you know, I have, I had one ticket to like a Millie maker and then now building that one lineup and I want to be pretty meticulous with it. Uh, one thing that you could do is, you know, look at like a set of, of 10 lineups here maybe, and then look at different lineups, right? So increase your mini uniques to five and see what different lineups look like, what the top 10 uh, different lineups look like with a mini niche of five. And then, you know, maybe filter from this pool, right? If the, the reason for that is that, you know, at mini niche of one, you're probably going to see a lot of the same people coming up uh, often here, which maybe we're not seeing that here as, as nobody moved from 60%, but, but that's just one idea here. But if you're building one lineup, you do not need to adjust. Mini niche will have no effect here. Out to lunch will set only one like. Hey, uh, if you can make it too, that'd, that'd be awesome. All right. Uh, Nancy, you guys said thanks for your help. And then out to lunch will said, ah, thanks a million. That was my problem. Yeah, no, happy to uh, clarify any situation like that for you. I understand it can be a little confusing, but that's what this show's for, right? So uh, glad you came on and asked a question and happy to help you guys out. So looks like we are all caught up with questions at the moment here. So while I wait for any last questions to come in, just want to remind you guys that if you guys are not playing over on owner's box, you guys should be right. The contest continue to overlay. Uh, there was just a message about it in the MLB channel yesterday uh, showing how much overlay there was really close to lock here. So take advantage of our partnership with owner's box here by using promo code Saber or SaberSim when you sign up. And then just by signing up, you can get access to a $500 deposit bonus. And then we will also track your entry fees. And then you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing over on Owner's Box. And there is no limit to the amount of credit that you can earn. So each time you hit one of these entry fee thresholds, we will reach out to you, ask if you want to claim that prize. If you do claim the prize, we will reset your tracking to zero and uh, reach out to you once again, once you hit that threshold once more here. So take advantage of Owner's Box. The level of competition is much softer than what you're going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yaku here. But all right, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We will be right back here Monday for our next show. If anybody has any questions over the weekend, building lineups, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there until Monday. That'll give us a steady queue of questions going for our next show here. But until then, enjoy your weekend. Good luck. Take care. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.